we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yes, I'm stuck here the rest of this week. Uh, no, I never quite realized what I agreed to last month when I said, yeah, bye week. Okay, I guess I'll have availability. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for Devin Booker giving us something worthwhile to talk about and something to hear from some of the Suns players. So I don't have to listen to Ron Wolfley drone on endlessly for four hours. Yeah, Paulie, don't make it sound like you had something to do, like you had someplace to go, whatever it may be. We all know you got the L on your forehead. Just wait till Friday night. I'll speak that into existence. Oh, yeah, existence. okay, great. Yeah, we Friday go. night, Paul. Yeah. Everyone's got a Friday night. Wolf, uh, let me just tell you, uh, you had a Wednesday night from Devin Booker is what you had. See, Tuesday's study show are the most productive day of the week. <laughs> Stop it. You're the outlier in that uh, equation. But there was Devin Booker last night. And if you don't believe us, just listen to DeAndre Ayton. That's just D-Book doing D-Book, man. Um, I've seen, I seen that a lot. Um, it was a great performance. Uh, uh, it was all in the offense as well. Um, we were getting hits, and he was taking what they gave him. Simple as that. Um, the dude was in motion. He was in flow. And when he on like that, he, it's, it's pretty hard to stop him. I don't know which which historical stat you want, Wolf, because that's what you are. You're a numbers guy. But D-Book becomes the second player over the last 25 years with 50-plus and 80% shooting through the first three quarters of a game, joining only James Harden 2017. That is, well, that is true. And I'm guessing James Harden lobbed up 50 field goal attempts in that game as well. Not D-Book. He went 20 of 25, 6 of 7 from three-point range. Anybody that watched last night's game, man, it was just incredible to see Devin Booker light it up the way that he did. 51 points in three quarters, man. He sat out the entire fourth quarter. 51 points in three quarters, sat out the fourth quarter, and the Suns rolled 132-113 to over the Chicago Bulls last night. And my favorite part about what happened last night, Basin audience, is just the way that D-Book responded or didn't respond to scoring 51 points. In fact, here he is after the game, because once again, less you, more book, more better. Here's D-Book. No, it feels good. Um, you know, this is one of the nights where it was falling, those games where I miss a lot of shots, and I'm like, I got to keep shooting them. You know, I train enough to where I know I'm supposed to make them. And, you know, unbelievable screens tonight, unbelievable team game. Um, and beginning to end, we play really well. That's a leader right there, man. That is a leader right there, Paulie. He's literally saying the team, the team, the team, the team. Don't look at the fact I scored 51 points in three quarters. Look at the team. Great screens. I, I, man, I, I, this guy, I am such a huge Devin Booker fan, and I just want people to realize and understand how rare it is to get a human being that has a modicum of humility the way that Devin Booker does when he's as talented as he is. Wolf, I was a college intern at Channel 5, uh, KPIX in San Francisco, and the sports anchor 
was Wayne Walker. <laughs> I would have I would have done anything to have met you at that point in time, Paul. Wayne Walker was a big time NFL linebacker in the day, but he's even bigger sports anchor. He was Ron Burgundy basically <laughs> at that point. He was a big deal. And he didn't say much, as they told me when I came into the uh, sports office. said, you know, speak when spoken to. (laughs) But it was the late 80s, and Wayne Walker got up, and he's walking out to the TV set. And he basically didn't have to do anything. He had producers who wrote all his scripts. He just showed up, looked good. He was Wayne Walker. Got a dinner break with his wife somewhere in a posh section of San Francisco. Came back to do the 11 o'clock news, read it all over again, and went home and made big money. Good, it was a good gig. Big, big money. Big money. And he said to me, he stopped, and he actually looked at me, and I started to tremble a little bit because he was about to say something to me. And he pointed to the screen in Joe Montana. Yeah. And there was a highlight reel of Joe Montana up on the screen in the sports office. And he said, great guy. Appreciate that. Appreciate what Joe Montana I love that. is doing right now. That's what we need to do yep. with Devin Booker. Okay. In fact, the 16-year-old punk at home last night. Get off your phone. Get over here. Watch this. Watch Devin Booker. Watch the greatness that you may not get again in your lifetime. That's what Wayne Walker told me once upon a time about Joe Montana. Yes. You might not see this again. And guess what? Devin Booker has been that guy, and he's only 26. What is the upside? Where is this all going? It is something to behold. And there are so many games, so often in the NBA, that I know they become disposable. But And everyone looks so forward to the postseason, yours truly included. And I'm the guy over here saying that the Suns are so good, they've rendered the regular season meaningless. Yeah, but not when D-Book is doing stuff like this. Yeah, This is where the regular season becomes meaningful because it is going to be the platform and gateway to a potential MVP trophy by the time we get to April. Oh boy, there you go right there, the MVP. Uh, We'll get into that momentarily, but once again, it was so interesting because as I'm watching this game, and Book is just going off that third quarter. Oh oh my goodness. Taking over the game? No, taking over the NBA in that third quarter is what he did. And just check out Twitter if you don't believe me. Taking over the NBA in that third quarter. It was amazing to see that. Yet at the same time, I was thinking to myself, look at look at the humility of Devin Booker. It wasn't like he was celebrating himself, celebrating the fact that he was on fire. It wasn't like he was trying to draw any more attention to himself and pounding his chest and look at me. He wasn't trying. And then all of a sudden, EJ, Eddie Johnson, said, look at, look at the way he's not responding to and I stood up and I was like, yes, yes, because I, that's what I love about Eddie Johnson. I do. He, he, he never forgets that he was a player and he remembers vividly what it was like to be a player. And yet, um, Devin Booker was not celebrating anything that he was doing. He was competing. That's all he was doing. And it's why I love Book. He was playing defense. He scored his 50 and 51st point on a steal and a dunk. He was actually still hustling in a blowout game. That, that, I mean... That's worth everyone's time. And there's honestly, there's right no doubt now, about it. Honestly, right now, when you bring that up, Paulie, celebrate that. Yeah. Appreciate that. The fact that you got a guy who is a true basketball player. This is something we've been talking about all show. A guy that is a two-way basketball player. He can beat you on the defensive end. 
he can beat you on the offensive end. Love that about Book. Yeah, the only bad piece of advice you just gave, though, was to check Twitter. Because I did just check Twitter. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's littered with more Pat Bev takes. He oh, was no. on his own podcast, apparently, and had more to say about his run-in with DeAndre Ayton. Cheer shot! It kick off at at, at tip, it, it, it kick off at uh, when we do the tip ball, you know. I shake everybody's hand. I put my hand for you know DeAndre Aiden's hand, and he don't shake my hand. You know what I'm saying? So like, of course, now I'm gonna hear like, oh, okay, Pat, you pushed him because he didn't shake your hand, of course. But that's not the case. So something was brewing there from the beginning. Obviously, after he didn't shake my hand, I used several other words at him. Okay, okay so, so so I'm bringing it up. There's really no reason to bring it up, he says. And it really, you know, it shouldn't impact anything. But I'm going to bring it up anyway. But it had nothing to do yeah. with what actually transpired on the floor. Okay. Unfortunately, apparently, he had more to say, Pat Bev. I've seen the Austin Reese play from my angle. Gets hit in nose. I see, like... And I don't even see, like, people. I just see, like, people with other jerseys. I don't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know, like. So I see Phoenix Sun got woo I see other Phoenix Sun got slaps balls ten over. And I'm like, nah, we ain't having that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I gave him, like, a little body check. You know what I'm saying? Like, a little body check. Like, anything, like, you know, if I was to body check a guy like that in the game, they wouldn't fall over, of course. It was just unfortunate that, you know, AR was laying on the ground, so the bump really threw him off balance, you know, with, 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 you know, and tripped over AR. Yeah, right. Speaking of tripping, you knocked him right over your fallen teammate, is what you did. Yeah. And I, you knew that. I didn't notice the guy was seven foot. I, you know, I just hit a son's uniform. Didn't really know who it yeah, was. Yeah, right. That's plausible. And, uh, but once again, yeah. you know what? The DA could have kicked him right in the head. When you think about it, yeah. he's standing right there. He's standing over him at that point in time, and you got jacked in the back, man. Uh, I'm not buying it at all, Paul. Not at all. I, I would buy out the contract of a goon, an enforcer, though, and bring him in in time for the next Suns-Lakers game. That's you just me. already got one, Paul. <laughs> Name is Jay okay, well then, get him off paid vacation. Our biggest takeaway from episode four of Hard Knocks. Uh, oh boy, we have takeaways. There's no doubt about it. And that is next. Calvician for Luke on Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Can't believe you missed my cameo in Hard Knocks episode four last night. That was, cameo, Paul. It was three, maybe four rows of people behind the head coach. It was after the failed fourth and one, and uh, there might have been an expletive that was bleeped out, and it was just a quick, like, one-second shot of the head coach. But if you look carefully back there, I was featured prominently in the background behind, like, 17 different guys. Yeah, Paul, I don't think you can actually no. make a cameo when you're four rows deep. So it was Hard Knocks episode four last night. Uh, Wolf, The wolf count, I'm told, was 15. 
different voice track. Stop with Wolf. It, are you getting residuals? Is that um, paying for your holiday, uh, you know, season uh, from NFL Films? You please, uh, Paulie, you put an invoice in on that? that. This is all about Dave Pash, the hard knocks. <laughs> we know that, yeah. don't we, Pash Pod? So, among other conclusions, uh, you saw the cameras and the microphones in the quarterback room. Okay, and so uh, there will be change. There was change coming off the Mexico City game. The offensive line coach and run game coordinator is no longer Sean Kugler. And so Colt McCoy uh, apparently was was un- was initially unaware as to how exactly it was going to go. But once he learned that Steve Hyden would be taking over, the tight ends coach, Colt McCoy had this to say. So what's the structure now? Hyden's going to run the O-line? Yes. How about we rush for 100, at least 100 yards this week? I'll put money on it right now. How about that right there, Paulie? That blew my mind. It really Why? Did. Why did he say that? Where does that Why come did from? Why he say that? That's Colt McCoy that actually said that. Does Colt McCoy strike you as a guy that throws a bunch of stuff up against the wall, Paul? And it was organic. It was instantaneous. It, it was as, totally. As soon as he learned what the situation was going to be I, with the run game, he had a prediction. Is that just because the Chargers came in and with some of the league worst rush defense the league has seen in a long time? I think, yes, that's part of it right there. Maybe that's what it is, Paulie, but I just thought it was so odd the way he responded. So Hyden is actually going to run the offensive line? Yes. Oh, I bet we run for over 100. What? I, I Man, I, I, why did you say that, Colt McCoy? <laughs> that would be if I was a reporter out there, Paulie, like you. You're you're a reporter, Paul, and you know you're out there with the other reporters, and go. you're asking reporter there questions, and you've got the pocket protector going right there. If I was a reporter, I'd ask Colt McCoy, Colt, why why were you so sure that you'd run for over a hundred yards in this game? If in fact Hayden was yeah. going, to, why did you say that? Um, it's okay. funny how we, we do the work, Wolf, that you rely on. It's amazing how that works. You know, amazing how, you know, you take all the information, the content creation generated by those of us in the trenches, and then you come on here from your pulpit and pontificate as yes. if you're the authority on the airways four hours a day. Well, the one thing I will say about it is Hyden was a guy that didn't mind bloodying his nose. I will tell you that much. He was a guy that would stick his face into the fan, Paulie, and once you're a player base in Orleans that'll stick your face in the fan. It's funny the way you become a coach that will want other players to stick their face in the fan. So I found that very interesting okay. right there as a guy that used to do it on a regular basis. Speaking of Wolf, uh, I think you unknowingly just uh, had a positive here because you're setting up the next moment that we're going to feature from Hard Knocks. Here is Steve Hyden, the new offensive line coach, run game coordinator in the room, taking over as a line coach. Like I said, open forum, we'll talk through stuff. Um, for me, it's going to be a learning curve. Obviously, the calls, okay, the way specifically how you guys have done things in the past may be a little bit different. So let's talk through those things. If I say something that doesn't hit you right, okay, I want to hear about it right away, right? So I want to get it corrected, speak in your terms, so nothing changes for you guys, and we're all on the same page. We good? Open communication. I don't want to hear about it secondhand. I don't want any passive-aggressive BS. Just open communication. Man-to-man. Paul, I love that. You don't like something? Let me know. That's so great. And it, you tell me, Wolf. I mean, just based on interviewing players yes. for you know way too many years at this point, uh, that goes a long way. 
It really does. Yeah. When guys know where they stand, when guys are told that they do have an open form, especially in 2022 more than ever, guys want to want to know that they'll be heard and not ignored and that their opinion and their voice matters. And so if they're part of that process, it's amazing how they buy in to the process. I think Steve Hyden is smart enough to realize that, to try and provoke some of that in his own room. By the way, a trivia question. Do you know how long Steve Hyden has been a Cardinals assistant coach in one capacity or another? No. 2013. B.A. brought him in oh year one. Oh, my goodness. Are you... Year one, Bruce Arians brought him in. Wow, Paul, I would have said five years, six years. 2013? Yes. He has been around in one position group or another. And it's funny, too, how contagious the whole physicality thing can become. Because you might have enjoyed this moment, Hollywood Brown, right? Hollywood Brown taking... So, you know, and flexing a little bit and taking pride in his blocking game. Y'all gonna like what I'm putting on tape with that blocking, man. You're out there, man, taking push, crack, Derwin. Ooh! Felt good about that yeah, one. He be looking, trying to be physical. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. Put that pass on. Yeah, I had, I, had to, I had to get in there. Yeah. He had to get in there right there. He had to crack. It's Derwin James. Derwin James. How's this taste, Derwin? <laughs> Wow, love it. You gotta love it right there. Hollywood Brown, once again. Um, you know, I, I just want to go back to Hyden and the communication right there. As a player base at Onions, the only thing you want from your coach is the truth. That is truly the difference right there, too, I think, in the NFL as opposed to the college level. I, I think an NFL coach is much more likely to tell you the truth about your condition, what you need to improve on, where you're lacking, what you do well. I think for the most part, the NFL coaches will treat you like a man. It was one of the things I appreciated so much about it. That communication, Paulie, that you're speaking of was always open, and they would tell you the truth a lot of the time. At the college level, man, a lot of the time it's different because they're trying to motivate you. They're constantly trying to focus you and motivate motivate you because you're a 19-year-old kid, because you're an 18-year-old kid. They're trying to get your attention. A lot of times they'll tell you something that isn't true to anger you, to maybe, oh, see how you responded right there? Now I understand this is the way I've got to coach you. That's what they used to do, the Jedi mind trick all the time. I don't know how much of that goes on anymore. Uh, Marcus Bagley, are you talking about Marcus Bagley right now. Marcus Bagley. And ASU basketball in his series of tweets. Yes, I'm possibly. Mm. Polly, I don't know the situation. I don't know exactly what ASU is thinking about him, but at the same time, yeah, I'm talking about you you would manipulate a lot of went on with a player at the college level. In the NFL, hey, look at me. Who are you? Show me. That's all that matters. And sometimes when there needs to be tough love, there can be the whole good cop, bad cop dynamic. So when Isaiah Simmons lost his gig in week one, uh, the bad cop would have been either the head coach or the defensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury or Vance Joseph. The good cop, in some ways, his position coach, Marcus Robertson. And this was a memorable moment from last night, whereas Isaiah Simmons was trying to understand why for the first time in his life he had been benched. What am I not getting? Can you help me with that? No, what they want to see is you continue to execute. They want to see you work hard. They want to see you strong. They want to see you know what the f*** to do. That's what they want to see. 
You know what? When I listened to that, Polly, I heard him just say, they don't want you to be complacent. That That is what I just heard Marcus Robertson say to Isaiah Simmons. I know that's my translation of it, but that's it right there. They don't want you to be complacent, and they think you are being complacent based on how you're playing because it's well below your, your uh, skill level. It's well below what we've seen you do. That, that to me, that's what he said. All right, text us, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Hey, what impressed Kellen Olsen the most in the Suns' win over the Bulls? Killer. Man, it's taken three and a half hours. Finally, we bring in someone to match my basketball oh, IQ, and that is next. Calvisian for Luke, Wolf, and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just see you out there, Kellen. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. <laughs> Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. That's good stuff. Mega mind. That's as opposed to the mega pint that Johnny Depp and Ron Wolfley hoist on a Friday night. Um, no problem. There are two kinds of You're people. You're the pint boy, and you know it. Two kinds of people uh, here today in the AZ. Those who were chanting MVP last night and those who were not. Kellen, we'd ask you that question, but there's no cheering in the press box. So uh, what was your reaction and what is your reaction now after you've had nearly 24 hours to sort of digest what you saw last night? I am a professional in every way, Paul Calvisi. No chance of me in the press yep. box. You kidding me? Never. I mean, I, I just wonder if this is like a, an, an, an extra jump. We're seeing from Devin Booker this year. And what I mean by that is Devin Booker gets better every single year. It's part of what has made covering him such a joy for the for the past seven eight years now is that we can always expect him to be better every year and he has gotten slightly better this year but I just wonder if there's another leap that he has kind of into superstardom in him this year in this regular season because if he does we're talking about the MVP like we're going to talk about in this segment I assume and, and the levels that he can reach it's just really impressive how he steps up his game in such a variety of ways when Chris Paul misses time it's part of why he got in the MVP conversation last year and it's why he's in it right now. Could you build an argument that said that Devin Booker, this was his best game as a Phoenix Sun? I, I don't think so, Wolf, just because it was in the now regular season game. that That's where I can start to get with you a bit. But in the postseason, I mean, you think back to the, the run two years ago, game five against the Lakers, game six against the Lakers, game one against the Clippers. You've got games four and five in the finals. He has some outstanding performances uh, in, in the postseason two years ago and then even last year to a certain extent as well. But in the regular season, absolutely. My, my favorite part, I wrote this on the side, my favorite part about the the 51 was that it started in a way that he probably wouldn't have been able to get going from three, four years ago, which was just the Bulls blitzing him early in the game, getting him off the ball. He didn't score until six minutes into the game because of the defensive coverage they were playing against him, but he figured it out as he always does. He dissected it perfectly. Chicago tried some different stuff, and that allowed Booker to get more space, and he just took off from there. And maybe that's the answer to this question, but where is he better this season right now? Where have you seen the most improvement in Devin Booker? I liked what Monty Williams had to say last night, Paul, just in terms of physically where he's at. He feels like you can kind of see his body has matured more. And what Monty means by that is just taking the hits inside. He feels like he's just going to be able to, not that he hasn't been a durable player in the past, but just be even more durable and take those hits and just be able to stay at that 100% level throughout a game, even when he's going inside and taking those hits all the time. And I think that just kind of comes with the territory of the stage he's at now in the last two to three years because he's, 
He's not at the Kevin Durant level in terms of Kevin Durant, I think, is more or less mastered basketball with the way that he plays offense and the way that he plays defense. But Devin is such a well, extremely well-rounded player right now that it's about evening out the edges where he can. And right now it's just about figuring out on a night-to-night basis as that star, as that number one option, as a superstar that he might be this year. is just how can he impact the game on that next, next, next level that only a couple of guys a year we see reach. And I think we started to see bits of that in the last two games. When you think of DeAndre Ayton and how he played last night, where does your thoughts go? Force, and that's one of your favorite words in the entire dictionary, Ron. Yep. Right? If I mean we go A to Z, that's top five for sure, getting in the rankings without a doubt. And you just look at the way that he was playing. I I love the way that he played in the fourth quarter specifically because I know a lot of us were. I was watching Devin Booker on the bench when we went between the third and fourth quarter, seeing if he was taking off his warm up shirt and if he was going to come back in the game. He didn't, but DeAndre and a couple other starters came in to make sure that game got cemented. And DeAndre was really the one who made sure that the Bulls didn't get any closer than whatever it was, fourteen or sixteen, just the way that he played throughout the uh, entire game. And a little nugget from that game, DeAndre, uh, his last play of the game was a kick out to Torrey Craig for three. He was under the basket and kicked it out and made that pass we know that he'll make. And there was one guy extremely frustrated by that on the Suns bench that let him know when he checked out after the game, and that was Chris Paul. So the game is over, and, and they're done and dusted. But DeAndre let up just for a little second with the, with the physicality and, and force that he had inside and finishing everything and kicked out for three, which is still a good basketball play. But Chris Paul was the first one to tell him. I asked DA about it after the game, and he said, yeah, Chris was on me because I was at 28 and I needed to get to 30 and that was my 30 right there. So it never stops in there and in the, in the motivation that he gets from his teammates and Whoa. especially Chris. All right, Suns guru Kellen Olsen on with us. Uh, to what degree is this force that we're seeing now at DeAndre Ayton a direct byproduct of the Pat Bev shove and what has happened ever since? Ooh, that, that's the that's the big question to me because it, if it is really, then thank you, Patrick Beverly. And I don't, I don't think we would have said that certainly uh, when it happened. You never want to see a guy not only shoved as you put a wolf a couple days ago. Like that's just a knock. That's a straight knock in the, in the yeah. back right there that he took. But to see that happen, you're just you're thinking instantly like you're hoping DeAndre's okay and everything. But that but our first reaction maybe should have been thank you because it, you see the way that he's playing with force, the way that he's just. The thing about DeAndre ever since his rookie year, ever since U of A, it's just been how he attacks the offensive glass and rolls through the game from there. In these 11 games that Chris Paul's missed, he's averaging three and a half offensive rebounds a game alone. And and that's where you start to get your rebounding totals to 12, 13, 14, like we've been seeing him hit a bit more. When he gets going on the offensive glass, that's when you can sense him start to really feel the physicality of the game. And then he gets more involved from there. And then it's just all the way up. So I just think if he continues to do that, then we're just going to see a different DeAndre in this year in the best kind away for the Suns. Because, Wolf, what did Kevin Ray tell us yesterday that he's heard DeAndre Ayton talk about challenging Amari Stoudemire's record for dunks? Now, is that new talk, Kellen? You're around the team every day. Has he said that before? I haven't heard him say that specifically before, but we were talking to him about Amari a little bit, and he was just saying like he, he wished he could have been around to, to watch Amari and that kind of player because I think that every big and just every basketball player looks at Amari and the force that he played with and just the impact that he had because when he caught that ball 12 feet out, you had to be ready for not only one shoulder in your chest but a couple more coming, and then he was going to try and jam that ball right on your head. Like it, he, he just played at that kind of level, and I actually wrote a piece the night DeAndre got drafted comparing him to Amari and just talking about how that part of Amari's game is what you want to see out of him, not only with the power and the force, but also just the triple threat position, using his dribble a bit more. And, and I think we're seeing that more and more year to year. And it's just the game-by-game consistency that will make DeAndre not only an all-star, but just one of the best players in the game, if I'm being honest, if, if this comes through every game. 
Killer, do you think Chris Paul missing 11 games right now is being orchestrated by the Suns to some degree in regard to getting DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker in a two-man game going? Yeah, I don't know if I would use the word orchestrated necessarily, Wolf, but I do think that they're being more patient than they've proven to be in the past, and I think that their mindset about this season might have impacted it in some way. And, and kind of what I mean by that is I sense from Monty Williams that it was it was more clear and evident this year than years past that, hey, like some of this stuff in November, December, January, and so on is, isn't going to look the way we want it to, but as long as we get it figured out by April, that that's fine. And, and that's kind of what this mindset is right now. You see Monty trying a bunch of different lineup combinations. He's really jumbling his rotation around in a way that he didn't previously. We've seen just how much Mikel Bridges has been on the ball lately, especially in that Chicago game. Like He's running a couple pick and rolls. We haven't seen much of that, and it's just allowing it to breathe a little bit more, and that wouldn't have been possible without... Chris injured right now, but also just with the way that Chris was playing to start the year and being off the ball more. It's just a mindset, a collective mindset they've had, and it's kind of carried over with this unfortunate injury that he's come down with. Is this roster playoff ready? Meaning, what does James Jones need to add to this roster? What sort of player, what sort of addition does he need to make between now and April? I think they need another scorer, Paul, someone on the ball, but I say that, I said that so much in the last two years, but campaign is maybe playing the best basketball of his life right now, and if he keeps playing this way, maybe they don't need that score necessarily, but I've always just felt that they're a dribble guy short, and, and basically what I mean by that is someone who can run offense in a pinch, someone who can get you a bucket. We talked about Boyan Bogdanovich so much in the summer. We've talked about some of those names from Utah. He, of course, got traded to Detroit, but kind of with all of that in, in mind, I think it's the score, maybe at the three or the four, someone just a little bit more offensive-minded to to mix up their formula a bit right now, but man, who can who can complain right now because they're missing three key guys. I mean, if you look at it for what it is, three of their best six players aren't playing right now, and they're rolling. They're top of the West. There's not much to complain about. So, yes or no, Devin Booker, MVP this year? No, you know you know the pessimist I am, Wolf. I, I think I think Luca's got the train going. I think he's got the numbers going. I think that he's just been hyped as an MVP candidate now for a couple of years. It takes a really long time to enter that conversation, but you know what's fun, guys? They play the Mavs on Monday, and they play the Celtics on Wednesday. So he gets oh, two MVP candidates the next week. Tatum. Wednesday, he gets Jason yeah. Tatum on ESPN. So uh, I know Devin Booker said, I'm just a hooper. I don't care about the MVP and all that kind of stuff. But hey, if you want to take two games and maybe care a little bit and uh, send a message, it, it would help. <laughs> all right. Right hey, on, killer. Uh, Kellen, we love the coverage. Just add some pictures of D-Book's classic car collection when he arrives at the arena to your Twitter feed, okay? Can you do that for us? Oh, I'm not allowed out there, Paul. That's where the, oh. that's where the high rollers are. Are you kidding okay. me? No shot I'm allowed okay. next to anything that expensive ever. That's great. Killer, thank you, man. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Hey, the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest featuring three incredible nights of shows, including Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore are going to be heading to the Footprint Center February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for all the details and your chance to win tickets. Down the stretch we come. We wrap it up next on Arizona Sports, the sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You go, well, put on your red baseball cap backwards, all right? Pull a thread here. Let's go. Let's do yeah, this. Like, Down the stretch we come. Um, there are no lyrics on this rejoin right here, okay? It's, it's probably good because a you'd good be thing. fined by the FCC. I was going to say, Paulie, it's probably a good thing. I mean, Pixie already has been working overtime with the bleep button today. Are you oh kidding me? Goodness, Between Pat Bev oh. and Hard Knocks. What and- is going on? Okay. Paul, uh, clean it up over uh, there. No, don't even call me Paulie Profanity. No chance whatsoever. So Aaron Rodgers, um, 
he's been known to uh, be in the trust tree here and there. Uh, do you ever quite buy what he's saying? No. He, he, he seems honest, but is he? There's also seemingly an agenda Polly, I, most I, of the time. I feel like I don't even know Aaron Rodgers anymore. I felt like I had a total handle on who Aaron Rodgers was and what he was all about. I really did. I, and I know that's ridiculous to say because I don't know the man. I don't. You know, Zoe, of course, by the way, Zoe's going to be filling in. Oh, Not boy. filling in. He's going to be sitting in all yep. four hours tomorrow. No, he'll be feeling it's my going, wrath It's going to be tomorrow. Paul, myself, and it's going to be Zoe for four hours tomorrow. I cannot wait for that right there. Former teammate, of course, of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. right? See, yes, in college. And first off, Zoe doesn't have time for tomorrow. He's supposed to be ramping up the recruiting for his alma mater for the football program. But uh, beyond that, you're right, Aaron Rodgers appears to be a much different person than he was some two decades ago when he was in college. like I don't know right. him anymore. So that's your soap opera moment. I don't even know who you are anymore. Is yes. that what you're saying? Okay. It's not soap opera, Paul. It's reality. What is Aaron Rodgers saying now that the Packers are in a similar fate as the Cardinals on the way outside of the playoff picture looking in? Here's A-Rod. Listen, we are 8-4, and 4-8, four, 12-0, four and 0-12. And oh, oh and I'd be wanting suit up this week. Oh, yeah. How and not I- just because it's because that's what you do, you know. When you're when you're a player, you go out there and if you can play, you play. You don't need some doctor to give you an excuse. Oh man, I don't know, maybe one more week. You know, not quite a hundred percent. No, if you can go out there and compete, and you have competitive greatness in your body, in your heart, in your mind, you go out and play. I love that right there. That's well said by A-Rod. Thing is, when he did come out against the Eagles, Jordan Love looked pretty good at times. Yeah, he did. I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Only a small sample size, though. Albeit, I totally agreed. But enough that don't you think the decision makers in the land of cheese, they're going to want to see some more? If the the rest of the regular season is meaningless, I mean, it's sort of like the Cardinals. There are certain things you want to see, you need to see. And if I'm the Packers, I want to find out what do we have in our backup quarterback that, oh, by the way, we drafted in the first round a couple years ago. Yeah, kind of very similar to what they did with Brett Favre, of course, Favre, and Aaron Rodgers himself right there. I... I don't know, Paulie. Um, it's a tough situation, but Aaron Rodgers, to me, I, I think maybe all the toad licking has gone to his head, maybe literally. I, I don't know, Paul, but I, I just, for me, I feel like um, Aaron Rodgers, what, what a great quarterback he truly is. Um, you watch him now, even now, you watch him play. I know the Packers are 4-8. and eight. Do you see some of the throws that this guy is making? Even now. Now, his arm is not betraying him in any way, shape, or form. His age is not betraying him. Um, You're going to have to move off of Jordan Love, or you're going to have to do something with A-Rod, and that's not going to happen. It isn't going to happen. So that means Jordan Love is gone. Well, what you just said about Aaron Rodgers cannot be said about Russell Wilson. Everything is betraying Russell Wilson right now. And in Denver, the question is, could there actually be a quarterback change between now and the end of the year? Uh, What sort of answer do we have on that front? Coach, are there any scenarios where you'd make a change at quarterback if, if you thought it would give the team a better chance to win? Right now, no. 
That was Nathaniel Hackett right there? Yes, indeed. Paulie, do you think Nathaniel Hackett survives his first year as head coach of the Denver Broncos, Paulie? Do you think, honestly, Cons- considering we Considering it's Steve new Luke's? ownership, uh, I'd say no. No, okay. I'd say you, they know enough in business that you need to fail fast. Yes. When something isn't working, you bail out. And, yeah, there's going to be that sunk cost, but you don't let it get worse. Uh, I'm stunned, Paul. I'm stunned by what I'm seeing up there in Denver with the Broncos. I honestly believe... We're going to see it in two weeks. I honestly believe, Paulie, the Denver Broncos were a Super Bowl-caliber team uh, because of Russell Wilson, because of what they did. You want, you, want, a, you want to hear a story from training camp? This is a true story that I can tell now. There were a couple of players, you know, chopping up on the sideline during training camp, the dog days, middle of August, and we were talking ball and blah, 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 and the division and Russell Wilson. A couple of these players said, yeah, I don't know. I pumped the brakes on on Russell Wilson being all that in Denver. And I said, no, come on. Are you kidding me? Remember the 12s? What the 12s were saying up there, Paul? I mean, when the Cardinals left Seattle last season, Colt McCoy beat down Coach Double Rainbow and the last place Seahawks last season. And our lasting memory were the 12s booing Russell Wilson. So, okay, what did they know that obviously the Broncos did not? Because it's about to go down as maybe the Worst trade <laughs> in NFL history. Oh, Polly! And and, and, do, and if you're Nathaniel react. Hackett, do you have to make a change if your quarterback goes from losing games to losing the locker room? Because there's that question in Denver. To me, it's all gossip. I mean, I know how this locker room. We have a fantastic locker room. Um, when you look at a guy like Russ, I mean, he, he's unbelievable. I mean, he works. I mean, I've never seen somebody work that hard. I've never seen somebody uh, try to embrace a team like he has uh, while he's here. I mean, just just from everything that he does, from walkthroughs to helping. I mean, how, how he is in the community. I mean, Russ is awesome, and and we just need to do better as a team. It, it's that simple. And all that stuff, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, you know, I love Russ. <laughs> the the let that hang for a minute. The the operative word there is tried. He's tried to embrace Denver. Yeah. He's tried to embrace his teammates, the yeah. locker room. Doesn't appear they're embracing him back. The most overt example in this last game, uh, Mike Purcell, the D lineman who came off the field and didn't take kindly to something said by Russell Wilson. Does the entire defense feel that way about Russ and the offense when they're allowing just over 17 points a game and the Broncos have the worst offense in the league averaging just over 14 points a game? Yeah, I wonder what has changed in regard to Russell Wilson and how he goes about his business. What is it? Because the rumors are out there and they're really persistent for the most part. The rumors are out there that he's not well liked inside the locker room. Right. Um, Correct. You have to wonder what that's all about, right there. Et tu, Brute? Yeah. What is going on? How is Russ different from when he first came into the league? Because I remember when he came into the league, the guy was one of the most rock solid individuals on the face of the planet. Well, Wolf, you've been in an NFL locker room for ten years. Do the rest? The rest of the locker room knows the starting quarterback. He's on a different level. To some degree. Yes. But does he have to still be one of the fellows? When Russell Wilson has his own office in the Broncos facility, what does that say to everyone else on that 53? Um, yeah, it says, you know what, it explains exactly why he's gone. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Paul, I, I don't know. I mean, but whether it's not it's, a good thing. Could it just be everyone abject needs... jealousy? Just the contract, yes, the yes. treatment. 
Yes, everyone needs to be treated the same. This was the magic of Bill Belichick. He treated everybody the same. He really did in terms of the bottom line. Okay, how you got to the bottom line, a little bit different, but he treated everybody the same in terms of the bottom line. Again, in two weeks, Cardinals are going up to Denver, and we'll see what that is all about. You'll see it in person up in the Mile High City. And if you don't believe it, just ask Bernie Kozar. A special thanks, Kellen Olson and Lorenzo Alexander, who will be with us tomorrow for all four hours. Oh, roll up the sleeves, though. You better get go. a good night's sleep. We'll see you tomorrow. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the sports leader. Peace and strength.